to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And I was hoping that we would get Stefan and Aaron back this week, but it would seem that the answer is maybe not. But we do have Jeff joining us. Thank you for always being steady, Jeff. <laughs> hey, everyone. How you doing tonight? Good to have you here. <laughs> and we do have a guest. Tonight we have the host of JBJ Podcast Productions joining us. And jo Josh, would you like to talk a little bit more about what your podcast is about? Yeah, uh, it's about the Bare Naked Ladies. We go through every song <laughs> from, you know... Started to be starting to end. We're almost done though, so I don't want to overshadow you guys. No, it's uh, we're called JVJ Podcast. We are an interview podcast. We talk to authors, audiobook narrators, voice actors. Uh, one time we interviewed Tal Bachman for some reason, mostly because he agreed to come on. So, that the she's so high guy. That's the guy. <laughs> His dad was in Bachman Turner Overdrive. Which I did not know that. Holy ah. crap! I just learned something. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Why I'm here, guys. Spreading knowledge. <laughs> now, what would you say was your favorite or most entertaining interview? A couple of, well, we just posted a month ago, but uh, about two months ago, we interviewed Linda Young, who was the voice of Frieza in Dragon Ball Z. Ooh. And that was mm -hmm. amazing. That was just awesome. Very cool. The whole time, you're just closing your eyes and pretending that you're in, <laughs> in the show. Yeah. And then today we posted a new episode where we interviewed Chuck Huber, who was Android 17 in Dragon Ball Z. So it's been pretty great. That sounds nice. exciting. Yeah. Working through the Dragon Ball Z cast right now. Yeah, most of them ignore <laughs> me when I message them, so we're probably going to get much further. That's okay. Most of BNL ignore us when we, when we message much, them. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, come back on the show. They try to ignore me when I'm standing outside their houses, but eventually they have to call the cops. We've gotten we've gotten one. <laughs> we haven't gotten a current member of BNL. However, we have gotten past members of BNL. Yes, Ed. We know you listen. Please come on the show. It, we're waiting for you, Ed, Jim, Tyler. Oh, and we can't forget Kevin. We want Kevin. And no, we want. Yeah, we do want Kevin. <laughs> I want Kevin. <laughs> But tonight we should get back on to what we're talking about. Tonight's song we are talking about Maybe Not, which is off from Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. Wanted to make sure I focused on that because I got that wrong earlier when I was saying it. And this is a Paige Robertson song. Although, well, if you haven't heard the song before, here is a quick snippet. Maybe you'll forgive the things that I forgot. And so, I don't know if this is a Paige Robertson song, even though that's who is credited. To me, this feels very much like a Robertson song. That's that's exactly what I was thinking when you guys sent me the the link to remind it me does. that was the song yeah. we're doing. Yeah, I love this song. It's one of my favorite BNL songs. I listen to it again. And that's all I can think of. I can't think of anything else but him. I don't see anyone else's footprint on this one. No, it, it sounds very Ed. Hmm. 
And one of the things that hit me this week is this is the last album before Steve left. And I've I've mentioned before that I get the feeling that Steven and right. Ed made very different musical choices. And I think this was a split that had been coming for a while anyways. Um, and so they made different musical choices. But I think this song actually kind of highlights a little bit th- that Ed was already kind of moving in that direction beforehand. Because I could easily guess that if, if if Aaron had been here tonight and had to guess what album mm-hmm. this is off from, he would have struggled with... He would have probably said, like, like All in Good Time, I think. Yeah. Or, or a post-page album. I think he would have put this on a post-page album. Absolutely. Definitely. Except for the fact that you can hear Paige in the harms, barely. <laughs> it's the, he's there, but not in the way that he has been in the past. Yeah, it, it just has that feel of all in good time. Yeah. I don't know, it's kind of odd. Um, I didn't ask you before, Josh, and, and I should have, and I, this is a question I always want to come back to. What first brought you to Bare Naked Ladies? Well, first, uh, the first thing that made me like the Bare Naked Ladies, and like I wasn't heavy into them at the time, but it was the first time I ever heard the song "It's All Been Done" was on the show Baby Blues. It was a, the cartoon they did the theme song for that, and then I really liked that song. And then you know, a few years later, this thing called the internet came out, right? And you could get all the music you wanted for absolutely free. It was amazing. Story <laughs> most stealing, so ready but none that. of us ever did that. None of us ever did. The musicians that. loved it and were happy and ecstatic. I guess you can't say it was free. There was a cost to it. The cost being, you know, the insane amount of viruses that come with them. But <laughs> I was going to say our souls, but you know. <laughs> I remember I downloaded the song. That was the first time I ever heard the full version. And I loved it. And I started looking up more of their stuff. And then I had I had a CD I burned that I had for like 10 years. I kept it with me and it had pinched me and all been done on it. But then a few years later, I was at my my friend's house. Right. And his this there's some more stealing in the story. So just be prepared, guys. <laughs> and I saw that he had this album there and it was it was Gordon by the Bare Naked Ladies. And I was like, you know what? I could steal this and get away with it. So I did. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I I got that, and then after that, you know, I ended up getting all their music, and I've loved them ever since. And then uh, the first time I got to see them was right after, right after uh, Steve Page left. Oh, um, oh wow, yeah. We got the first tour after that, and they were great. But they were. I would love to see them with, <laughs> Steve, Page. with Steve Page at some time. <laughs> I've seen them probably ten times now. Uh, I've seen Steve Page twice, which has been great, but I would love to see them together sometime. I I back that up. I would love to see them do a tour together. Yeah, I, I think you speak for everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. <man. laughs> yeah, I'll speak for everyone for the rest of the podcast. You guys just take a break. Oh, great. That's cool. Hey, yeah, yeah, all right. I had, I had stuff I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we don't have Aaron. Do you want to speak for Aaron and do our breakdown for us? Oh, I didn't. Oh, um, maybe I can. 
Maybe I maybe I can, but maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs> Since we don't have Aaron this week, um, I can give you what the what the liner notes tell us about the music of this song. Okay. Um, we have Jim on electric bass. We have Steven on electric guitars, plural. We have Ed on electric guitars, plural. Jeez, how many guitars did they play? I know. I'm wondering. Four like, so far. <laughs> we's four. Um, we got Tyler on drums and percussion. That makes sense. And then, holy cow, <laughs> Kevin is all over this song. We've got on electric guitars. No. Oh. Kevin yeah. is on the Hammond B3, the Lowry, okay. the Vox organ, the ARP strings ensemble, which is a synth. He is playing one, two, three, four, five different keyboard slash synthesizers in this song. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't know before that Kevin Hearn was an absolute music god, this song should prove otherwise. <laughs> Kevin, why? I mean, the, the, man, the man is probably on stage literally jumping keyboards to get to the next one. He's playing one with each appendage at this point. <laughs> right. I don't... Did he really feel the need for that many different organs in this song? That is just phenomenal. <laughs> he was going for that synth pop feel. Yeah. I think he hit it. Because to me, this song, like one of the things that I I had noted when I was going through this is this song to me sounds very Matchbox 20. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, good call on that. I can see it. Or maybe the Matchbox, maybe Matchbox 20 was just trying to copy this song with everything they did. Yep. When did Matchbox 20 hit the scene? Oh. Before this, before this, I, I was going to say I was so I close. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we talked about it last week, but we have a return this week of the hand claps. Who played the hand claps? All of them. Okay. Yep. I, I that's just interesting. Like what? Every now and then, they like to bring out the hand claps. Two weeks in a row, we've now had two songs. weeks in a row. They've been doing the hand claps. Yeah, <laughs> they're really into it right now for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. In the M's, in two different albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what song did you do last week? <clears throat> Maybe Katie. Yes. Oh no! Did we? Th- Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. last week was Maybe Katie. Yes, yeah. last week was Maybe Katie. Yes. <laughs> I was just trying yes. to go through it was. my head. Yes, it was Maybe Katie last week. Yeah. Either on. And there were hand claps. And- yeah, there were. That's interesting. Maybe that. Maybe they had a thing going on where every album they were going to do hand claps. And they forgot. Maybe it. that's why Steve really left. He was just tired of hand clapping. His hands were just raw. <laughs> he couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of this, guys. I can't do it. <laughs> Instead of doing naked he, naked recordings, they decided to go hand claps at least <laughs> once an album. Steve's like, can can I uh, just record my hand claps and then we can do those because they always sound the same? And they're like, absolutely. <laughs> just one. I'll just do one and then just... I'll do one or a little bit. This is art. <laughs> <laughs> we also have deep harmonies that come in. Deep Deep harmonies. And and I it's weird because Ed is taking the high notes on this one, and I'm guessing it's Steve, although maybe it's Jim taking those deeper notes on the So I should tr- talk a little bit about the structure of this song as well, because that's an odd thing with this song. 
because the deep harmonies only come in on what I call the alternate verses. Right. Because we have for the structure of this song, we have the we have chorus, which is the um, maybe not you know maybe we should forget all the things we you know maybe you'll forgive the things I forgot, um, yeah. etc. So that's the choruses, but we also have verses one and two. But in between the verses one and two, we have what I call alternate verses, where they mm -hmm. actually take a completely... And I wish we had a complete breakdown from Aaron this week, because I want to yeah. know if they changed key or not, because it it has a very completely different feel with, like we did with maybe Katie last week, when it comes to alternate verse two yeah. and one. It is, it is definitely a unique structure. I mean, you have your verse chorus, and then they go into a different direction, and I don't want to call that a bridge... No. Um, but why don't we lay down the kitchen floor? It's like a second verse. Um, and then they go back to the first verse. So it's it's kind of a, a really unique little way to structure the song. And um, definitely, definitely it's cool. I like that. I, I like it when bands mix up the usual, you know, AB uh, format when it's just like basically verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Um, I like it when they mix that up. So that, that was cool. I like that part. Agreed. Thanks. <laughs> I like the way we're digging into the music theory of the whole song. And yet, you guys are sending uh, me you... sending me links where I have to listen to people sitting out of the toilet playing them. <laughs> you know, like memorize this or else. So we we, we probably we have, should... we have everyone do homework beforehand. Oh, yeah. of course. Well, when Aaron's here, we get really deep. He goes, he breaks down all the chords, all the key, all the oh yeah, the tempo, yeah, yeah. He does a full <clears throat> breakdown of it. Nothing like fortunately, I could... we never dig into lyrics. <laughs> 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 we, we won't be getting to those at all <laughs> no no we're not going to touch on that <laughs> um, like we talked about with maybe Katie those alternate verses have a completely different feel I would almost say it, that, that the alternate verses feel almost like an ominous like it's a very deeper tone and very ominous tone to it and they almost sing it in a whisper and then they come back to the chorus and it's a yell. It's almost like they're like having this fight. And we can argue till our throats are sore About how far you take a metaphor You always seem to see the glass half filled But now it seems to me the half glass filled Maybe you'll forget the things that I forgot Yeah, that's, that's what it is. The whole song is just about a fight, whether or not they should stay together. I have a wife. Mm -hmm. I know what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> she won't listen to I, this, right? So I got I, I want to jump into the lyric quickly, like real, just based on, and I'm probably gonna, you're probably gonna yank me back or re-edit. I, I will. There's a few more notes. You'll, I you'll have. Re -re yeah, well, cool. But but because you said that, I am curious. Um, your take on this because I saw a different take on like some interpretations. Do you think the couple in this song is a married couple or just dating? That for me or Josh? That is for Josh. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I, I talk to you all the time. I get to talk to Josh. Yeah, I would. My interpretation was a married couple. Like, that's what I thought too, but not, not everyone was saying that online. Not necessarily. The lines about splitting up things, I thought was the splitting you know, up things seems like it. But then yeah. again, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean. You can you can live with someone and not be married and have things to split up. That's true. That's true. But I'd say I just see it from that perspective because I am married. Yeah. If I wasn't married, I'd probably right. see it from the other perspective. 
Good point. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple couple more things that they they put in this song that I really want to kind of talk about musically, and then I, I really want to get into the lyrics because. Um, you know, everyone knows I love the lyrical piece of this show anyways. Um, but I, I I had to, like, break down the music a little bit more this week thinking about it. And um, the screeching organ. I don't know which of those four organs it is. <laughs> which one it is. <laughs> but that's, you mean, like, the opening one, the one that starts the alternating one? Dee, 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 yes. That one? Yes. And it only comes in at certain times during the song, during those ominous moments. Like, as it's coming yeah. out of that ominous verse is when you really kind of hear it kick back in. I'll, I'll right. put a yeah. piece of it in right here. Okay. Now it seems to be the you just woke up a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> They're all looking out their windows wondering what, what was that? <laughs> is there a fire? It is, it is it is alerting when you hear that part of the song. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if I like that choice, honestly. I mean, there's a lot I like about the song, but that um, when that first keyboard kicks in, it's pretty piercing. <laughs> it, if that's what he's going for, I don't necessarily think that I like it. I I think it's a strong choice. It's just not one that I like. Right. And I don't even know if that's Kevin's choice. That could have been the producer's choice. Yeah. I mean, because maybe with, maybe with a little compression or other mixing terms, I don't know. It could have <laughs> been softened. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, that, maybe that was a production choice. There there are some production things in this song that I wonder about. So, And that's one of them. Like what else? Um, um, I don't The harms. I'm not a fan of the harms in this song. And one of the things that make B&L be an L, and I, now I get it, this was the last Steven album. Um, so obviously the, a lot of things were probably going on in that point that maybe, and like you said, this could have been hinting at where things were going. But B&L was founded on their Stephen Page, Ed Robertson harmonies and how tight they are and how good they are. Um, the harms in this song almost feel muffled to me. Like Stephen's presence on this song is um, very limited. <laughs> <laughs> In a way that's not typical for a BNL song, and I thought that was unusual. It became very typical with the following albums. Yeah, yeah, you could hardly hear him at all in those. That was, I mean, it was almost like he wasn't there. But they, they like must have turned his mic off. Like, I mean, it's it's possible. It's like you guys can hear me, right? right. Yeah, yeah, we got him. It's it's all the way up. It's perfect. Did it come through on the album? <laughs> Jump. <laughs> and uh, that was a that was another one. Um, well, and when they're I not, I do like the fuzz guitar in the second when they're verse. Not, the, the other thing is like the harms when they are there. We were I was mentioning before the they're yelling in the chorus. It really does feel like a yell. It doesn't. It, I mean, they're yeah, singing, yeah. but it is like top of their their volume singing into the mm -hmm. microphones. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the chorus for me is one of the weirder parts of this song. It, it um, um, It's a repetitive chorus, and if you're going to sell that, I mean, do it with your harms, do it with uh, the lyrics or or something. So the, the, the chorus of this is weird. I like some of the touches they put in the music. Um, I like the start-stop of the music in the first verse, and then how you get that little percussion when it goes back in. Um, the second verse has that fuzz guitar riff between and, and uh, the shaker. So they do mix things up a bit, and I like that. But the chorus to me just came, seems a little, uh, uh, there's something different or weird with the production. I don't want to say it's not good or anything. I mean, I do like the song, but just something about that doesn't feel B&L to me. 
I really love those those fuzzy guitar riffs behind. I do love the fuzzy guitar riffs. Yes, it was yeah. really a nice little addition. Yeah. And I, I have to disagree with you a little bit about. I guess I wouldn't call it a harmony, but on the on the outro of this song, when they're repeating the chorus over and over again, I like the the hold on the knots. Where that is true. I will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, we didn't, we didn't really. I didn't really touch on that, but yeah, I do like the outro to this song. I do think that sounds really cool. The echo, the echo harms, I think are good, really good. I think the trouble with Tracy for me on this song. Oh though, boy, what's the trouble with Tracy? He's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? Um, is is the start? I don't. Li- so this song starts almost like it's mid-song. not really i don't like it i i've tried many times this week to just kind of sink into it and it startles me every time especially coming out of half a heart going right into that like they feel like the song's been going on for two minutes already and then already boom full stop but have you noticed what you said about this song several times about several different things and it is that it's startling i think that's the whole stylistic choice in the song and you're Mm -hmm. probably right yeah (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I just don't like my B&L songs that make me scared. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but too bad, man. Yeah, that's what this song <laughs> is. A little tiny song scares me, but... <laughs> it's not Grim Grinny Ghost Scary, but it is just... <laughs> <laughs> it really... It, it does make me feel uncomfortable at times, and, I, and I'm sure that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, it just isn't... Those are the parts of the song that don't work for me. Would it worked if they hadn't leaned into it so hard? It might. I think that if they hadn't leaned in as hard as they did, it would have worked better for me. Because it's not that I hate this song. I really do enjoy this song, um, which we'll, we'll come back to with the ratings. But um, but just I think there are certain parts of it that kind of took me out of it. And f- until this week... I had not had this song on my playlist or on my iPod since this album came out. It, it was definitively I had I had taken a choice and made not to put it on. Up until this week, I I had not heard this song, and I would say probably about eight nine years. Have you heard it live? I have since, not heard the this split? song. Live. Mm-hmm. No. Have Have you heard it live? I'm trying to remember if I have, but I don't think I have. I'm trying to pull up Setlist FM right now to see what they what they say if this is often they have only ever played this song fifteen times in concert. And Wow, really? Yeah. And two of those times were were the Ships and Dips five tour. They played it. Yeah, they were um, bad that's mood. a late number for a tour, yeah, for live for live shows. They have not touched this song since 2012, which is odd because this is a rocker. Like it, this, and it's not. I mean, yeah, obviously I they've mean, played it since Steve left. And um, you feel like it could be. I mean, it's got the hand claps, which is always kind of a crowd pleasing thing because the, you know, the uh, crowd gets into that. So I'm, I'm I'm a little surprised by that number, honestly. But I am noticing, like, since Steve left, they've only played it twice. So maybe it doesn't quite sound the same with Jim and Kevin doing the harmony. Mm-hmm. 
I don't get that though because you can't hear Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Would it really be different? (laughs) Or let's get into the lyrics a little bit. There is another possible theory about why. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's another possible theory for this song. (laughs) I mean, it's about a relationship that's not working. Yeah. This was splitting up all your things. Yes. (laughs) This was the last album that Steve really was fully on other than like the the holiday album, etc. Yeah. I just imagine Ed and Steve staring at each other as they sing this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially on that cruise. The last (laughs) the last night of the cruise. (laughs) And they're singing this Mm -hmm. song to each other. Yeah. That could have been I intentional. Mean, I mean, would would one of them would they have written a song? I mean, that that's I mean, you gotta admit that that's art. That is hardcore art. If they co-wrote the song about the fact that we pretty much don't want to do this anymore. I mean, the pretty soon you'll be wanting me to yeah, go. Right. <laughs> that that says it all right there. Maybe. What's weird though is Ed sings that line. I know. Now that that's what's weird about it, though. Because Ed is not the one that went. <laughs> I just no. imagine Ed wrote the song and then he's handing it to Steve and he's like, what do you think of this? And he just stares at him while he reads it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you know, sing though, it? I've heard there there are great musical stories out there about the bands that wrote about their breakups as they were happening, like Credence. Uh, their last album was played basically full on them singing to each other about how much they hated each other and Fleetwood Mac did it. That's everything so Fleetwood un- Mac ever did. Yeah, it's not <laughs> unusual for a band to basically be singing about how they feel about each other. So it's, you know. Culture club, I can see it. you know. Culture club, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to sing all these songs about romance about you. Yeah, <laughs> and right. how horrible you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this song was the impending Steve Ed breakup song. It could be. I mean, it definitely is a song about about breakup, um, and they don't make it about specifically a a relationship of a marriage. Although it it, mm-hmm. it implies it, but they could be using a wonderful little metaphor there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There, there that- was a reason I asked that question. There was a point for that question because one of the things I think are smart about artists. Is that they are because I do believe this song is a Steve Ed breakup song. I absolutely one hundred percent believe that's what this song is about. But um, they're not going to sing that song. <laughs> they're not going to put that song in the album. Hey Ed, <laughs> hey Steve, I'm not happy with you right now um, because it's not going to connect, you know, with your audience. They're going to sell it like a breakup song. So that's why I wanted to kind of set up, set that stage that maybe that's what it was. Um, you know. Because I do think a brilliant I – th- I think they're brilliant writers. They're brilliant writers in their own right, and I think they brilliantly wrote this together as their send-off. I don't and, think and, they and, wrote this together, though. I really think this is – It doesn't no, feel no. like it. <laughs> no, they it both doesn't. got credit, it but it doesn't feel like it. No, I mean, I'm they sure gave there credit lot. to both of them on every single song in here. I kind of feel like Paige wrote the Dutch line now. I could see him sneaking. No, actually, reason. I have I have proof on that one. That one was specifically oh, Ed. That was, that was Ed that wrote the Dutch line. Okay, but so right. here's the thing. My take on this is that the character is a realist or a pessimist who is just like waiting for the other person to realize how bad the narrator is, right. and for them to leave. If we're taking this from the Steve Ed 
type of perspective. I think this is Ed writing about what he thinks Steve's perspective is. Mm. Okay. Because it's a, I mean, let's look at it. Steve is more of the realist slash pessimist in their relationship anyways. Right. And all the lines kind of follow along with, like, Steve's reluctance about whether or not to leave yet. Mm -hmm. And and he's mentioned before, like, in relationships that he, he struggles with indecision and with wanting to go or not go or stick around. And, I mean, it really sounds like that is what this song is about. It's almost like that indecision. And Ed's singing it, but it's not about Ed. No, the the song is about Steve. <laughs> I think. I mean, if anyone's leaving, I mean, in, in in that interpretation, if anyone's leaving, it's Steve, and I could see Ed putting those words into him. Uh, but you know, Paige got a credit, so he did something. <laughs> I think that on this album, like I said, I think if you look every Paige Robertson song, every Paige song or Robertson song is credited Paige Robertson, like the Beatles, Lennon McCartney. Yeah. And I think on this album, that's just how it went, was they were just giving each other... Right, they just had an agreement to credit each other and everything. And that could be it, too, yeah. yeah there's, there's no solo credits on this one except for her. Right. So. Who was who basically the kid at the table going, Mommy, Daddy, don't fight. <laughs> Let me play my song. <laughs> <laughs> that's where serendipity comes in. No, <laughs> um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the wonderful wordplay that Ed is doing here with this song. He's great with every single line, setting up an expectation of where that, where that line's going and then flipping it on its head. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon you're going to be wanting me to go. And he puts that pause in there, and I love the pauses. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon you're yes. going to be needing me to leave. <laughs> yeah, and there's a there's a full-on music break there, too, which I love. I oh, mean, yeah. The music just stops. And, it, you know. <laughs> and soon I'll be as good as gold, LeMay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I love how he's like, I'm going to completely yeah. flip this. And he does it with every single line. I mean, it's, it's wonderful Ed wordplay. I, I couldn't help but hear a They Might Be Giants reference in there, but. I'm sure that wasn't intentional, but when I hear Gold LeMay, I always think of a They Might Be Giant song. Oh, see, I always think of Austin Powers' Gold Member. Oh, Especially with the Dutch line. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Did Gold Member come out? (laughs) Oh, crap. Now I have to look that up. Sorry, guys. Maybe it was this year. Maybe they were trying to get themselves into that. Gold member, yeah. yeah. I'm not completely up to date on my Austin Powers lore. I apologize. You guys didn't tell me to study well, up. Well, yeah, I mean, that was actually part of the homework, but, what, you know, whatever. 2002. Which? No, that was much, yeah, that was much earlier. Mm-hmm. So there you go. This song's about gold member. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, um... Lyrics online and and song meetings, you need to fix your your uh, lyrical sheet here because you're oh yeah you got it all wrong. <laughs> Darling, I consider yourself told in Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> is how it's written on a lot. I saw that, Darling, you're so I consider yourself told in Dutch. 
Dondermar Op. Do you? Dondermar Op. Now I'm guessing, Jeff, that you looked up what that what that means. I did look up what that means. <laughs> what was the the interpretation? The, the PG version is uh, go away. <laughs> Uh, the non-PG version would basically be the F, F off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because, so, actually, Ed had the last part of this line in m- mind first, where, you know, consider yourself told in Dutch. Um, and then he went to his chief flight instructor at his flight school, who is Dutch, and he asked him, like, how do you say go fuck yourself? Um, and, and use just four syllables. Um, and the guy struggled because he was being really super polite and he's just too nice. So Ed actually went to the internet and that's where he found the phraseology for this. The internet's a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Where else can you learn how to say go fuck I just, yourself? I love the Dutch instructor that's too nice to go say F off. <laughs> Or maybe he just could, you know, come up with the, the four syllables. I don't know. Right. Although this is the phrase. If you, I mean, it, it really, if you find the transition translation on the swears, it, it's screw yourself. We we all agree the song's about Steve, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's, yeah. Uh-huh. No doubt. Now it's a different band. You keep doing that. <laughs> no, I I definitely think this is about the impending breakup of Steve and Ed. Yeah, told in told in such a way that it can be relatable, relatable, <clears throat> relatable to you know the casual listener who is hearing a breakup song in here and can re- and can relate to everything that's in this song. Yeah, because it's done in that really clever musical way where it it sounds like what someone going through a breakup would be, you know, experiencing. You said I like, they, you said they've well, only played, I do lo- I do love the line coming up then too. You said yeah. they've only played it live twice since Steve left? Yep. That's got to be terrifying when <laughs> I'd like guess what we're singing tonight. <laughs> there is it, Kevin. Uh, I don't know, guys. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I was like, I'll sing it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kevin's dragging out all five keyboards. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) Come on, Zagdon. (laughs) I think it's the only keyboard he didn't bring out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um... I do love the line that comes in next, though. You'll always deign to see the glass half filled, and now it seems to me the, gl- the half glass filled. <laughs> it's such a brilliant play on words, such a twist, which this song does do the twisting uh, thing well. I mean, the chorus does, uh, maybe you'll forgive the things I forgot. Maybe you're forgetting all the times we fought. So it does do the, the double play on forgetting, but um, I do love the, the glass half filled, the half glass spilled. Um, really clever wordplay. I mean, there's a lot of lines in here that feel like a, a definitely Ed lines. I mean, I agree oh. with you guys. That this feels like an Ed song. Um, um, that's that is that is just a brilliant uh, play on words there, though. I love how they keep coming. He keeps coming back to this um, splitting up the things that we have in in common. Mm-hmm. But I still, for the longest time, didn't see because I wasn't listening closely enough during. 
I want to say it's the second alternate verse might be the first one. He says, why don't we lay down on the kitchen floor all that we say we had with us before? And for me, that second line never really made sense to me. It's because I wasn't listening to it as one line. I was listening to it like, why don't we lay down on the kitchen floor and talk about this? No, he's saying, why don't we lay these things down on the kitchen floor right. and start separating them as I was right. going through it? I'm like, Explain oh my them. great, that is a great line. So here's my question, though. If it is a Steve Ed song or was was one of them, if it's written in the perspective of Steve, was Steve hoping to get some of the band members like, all right, you get Kevin. <laughs> I get I get Jim. Kevin, go lay down over there. What do we get? Kevin, go lay down there. Jim, we're going to need you to lay down there. Tyler, lay down here. We're going <laughs> to cut you right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you take Jim. I'll take I don't Andy. think I like this breakup anymore. <laughs> I have to get Andy. <laughs> All right. Andy and Jim are a combined yes. pair. You can't you can't split them up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except they did. Yeah. <laughs> well, poor Steve got none of them. Right. Well, or the name. Or the name. <laughs> Although it's you, know, it's you take bare naked, I take ladies. <laughs> I've always thought it was really cool that for what. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> It took me a second. Uh, Sorry. I've always thought it's been kind of cool, though, that despite all that, the only one that really that wouldn't get together on stage and play with each other are Steve and Ed. All the rest of the members have done some sort of concerts or worked together with Steve somewhere along the way. Well, that, that makes sense to me, though. I mean, uh, that's not true, is it? Oh. When they got inducted in the Canadian Rock and Roll well, Hall of Fame, fame. they played the Junos. Junos. Yeah, right. I mean, other than the Juno, other than the Juno performance, but, like before no, that, that, that Tyler, makes sense to me because I don't think the hard feelings for Steve, or if they ever ever were, have dissipated. I don't think they were with Kevin, Jim, and Tyler. No. You know what I'm saying? I think the, the emotional impact was Stephen Ed. Probably. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you, you made the comparison earlier. They're the parents. Yeah. Everyone else is, no one else is affected in the split. It's as a much custody as thing. You get Tyler this weekend for your little thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so great, though. <laughs> I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to Mommy Steve's house. No, Tyler. It's your weekend. Um, it's your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're never getting him on the show, are we? <laughs> We've already had Steve. We don't have to worry about that. That's true. Well, we want Steve back. I've but asked him. We're not going to say no. <laughs> Ed just sits Tyler down and he's like, in December, we're going with Steve. <laughs> Be prepared. <laughs> we have to. We have to tell you, uh, you know that that we are are, are splitting up. You can choose. <laughs> they, said, they said they sat Tyler, Jim, and Kevin on the couch. I was like, now it's not your fault, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy and Daddy just don't love each other anymore. Except for you, Tyler. It's half Except your for fault. you, Tyler. It this is, is kind, kind of your fault, fault. Tyler. <laughs> we all know it. <laughs> We're all adults here. We could Tyler, Tyler, you didn't love hard enough. 
If you only been, it would have been more there, more for us. We'd be good. <sighs> oh, they blame, they blame. They're like, they're like, let's blame Andy. He's not here. <laughs> it's like that child that dies that just drives the parents <laughs> oh, apart. <my> <laughs> I take it that step too far. If Andy were still here, we'd all be together. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I gotta pull us back. We are Andy heading. shows up and starts eyeing the keyboard, and Kevin's like, "You always loved him more." <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Uh, I, I think as long as I've been doing this show, and probably as long as you've been, I don't think we've ever turned. That went dark. Dan Allen to a dysfunctional family. <laughs> and I'm kind of proud of that. that. That was that was pretty good. That was, that was a shining moment. <laughs> that was. That was good. You turned BNL into Fleetwood Mac. Congratulations. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't that, want that was the goal. <laughs> I pretty much could stop the show now and am. We're good. That, there we go. Oh, Josh please. already did the work for us anyway by getting all the way to Z, so Right. With his cast, you know. <laughs> That's true. I don't want to brag about it, but you know. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you did like twenty episodes a day, though. That was kind of cheating, but whatever. What you do is you condense every episode down to like three or four minutes, and then we've instead tried of, instead of talking about the songs, you just play the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can do that right until Warner Brothers shuts you down. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that song from, that you wrote that was for Z was just marvelous. That's true. There was no Z. <laughs> I, are you familiar with How's the Level, Josh? Jeez. <laughs> oh, no. We talked about How's the Level for about an hour. So that's apparently how we can pull off three minutes. <laughs> the five-second song. <laughs> the five-second song. We talked about that for an hour. We're that good. <laughs> Hey, it was entertaining hour. It was entertaining. That's actually one of my favorite episodes. Talking about dead kids during that episode? <laughs> That's specifically for when I came on. No, we saved that for you. Yes. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Jeff I knows me every well. week with this man. Jeff knows me very well. And he I do. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't even see that coming. Nope. I bring up Sorry. people. Jeff, <laughs> why don't you give us a rating scale for tonight and explain to Josh how we rate things? Okay, we're going a little bit weird today because I'm really impressed that Josh is getting is slowly working towards all the Dragon Ball Z voice actors. Um, so what we typically oh I, I I went out of order there, but what we typically do is we rate the song on a scale of zero to five, which seems obvious. Um, zero being the absolute worst song. Why did BNL ever put this? If I could, you know, detonate this. If I could, if I could have put this in a rocket with Bezos, and never see it again, we would do that. A dick shaped rocket. That's a that's a great Austin Powers callback. Everything's running back to Austin Powers today. Yeah, a dick shaped rocket. If I could put if I could put the song in a dick shaped rocket with Jeff Bezos, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, you know, we we like callbacks. Um, five is this is absolute always on my playlist. If it comes on, I'm never going to turn it off. This is like the absolute greatest. Um, so this this song is is greater than Jesus or whatever I don't know, um, but um, <laughs> so that's how we do it. Um, we do allow decimals, uh, or else we'd go crazy. Considering we do five billion songs, 
um, and we'd have all the same rankings. So we do, right? So you can do a 3.6, a 3.7, 4.2, however you want to. Typically, we talk about four to five is the absolute playlist song. These songs are on our playlist, um, but however you want to rank it. Um, every week I give it an arbitrary, uh, ranking word based on, or phrase based on something that came up that, that kind of stuck in my head. Um, uh, this one I, I kind of got early cause I was impressed that you are getting through the Dragon Ball Z's and I am a geek. So this is on a scale of zero to five Goku's. And that's better than where I would have taken it. Where, where, where were you going to go with? Dead stepsons. <laughs> For the love of God, I wasn't going anywhere near dead stepsons. <laughs> I... I like Goku's I better. Dead, I stand. I, I shoved dead stepsons in the Bezo ship, dick ship, so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna change the direction just, of that. I joke. didn't realize I just said the phrase. I, I jammed a bunch of dead stepsons in the Jeff Bezos dick ship. <laughs> and I feel like I have to draw that, um, and, and never let anyone see it. <laughs> so, Josh. Zero to five. <laughs> I was, that was good. I was still, I was still composed. I, I could keep going. Uh, so zero to five. I do like to go with the guests first. So Josh, on a scale of zero to five Gokus, how would you rank the song? Maybe not. Zero to five Gokus. I would go. And you can explain why too. Obviously, three point nine Gokus. It is. It is very close to being. It's one of my favorite BNL songs. It really is. And I understand that it. A lot of people don't like how jarring it is, but I like that. Because as as little as I like to step out of my comfort zone, this makes me feel like I do a little bit. Uh, nice. And yeah, after today's conversation, I think I like it even more because I've not given it a lot of thought about it being a B&L breakup song, but it mm-hmm. absolutely is. And that's kind of yeah. that makes it kind of the last big hurrah for them all. And we'll yeah. never it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I think most of us would agree we a lot of times go into this with our own rankings and as we talk about them, the rankings change for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's uh, pretty typical. So that's very cool. So was that 3.9 yeah. for Josh? Okay. I don't know why I asked. I'm the one that writes them into the spreadsheet. So, uh, Tracy, why don't you go? <laughs> um, as much as I talked about the negatives of this song tonight, I, this song really did grow on me this week. Um, as I mentioned before, it wasn't on my playlist before now. This is one of those songs that the more times I listened to it and the more that I, I really broke down what the song was about and the more that we talked about tonight, just the fact that it's a Steve song really did kind of earn its way onto my playlist. And it's it's actually going on my iPod tonight after we're done recording because I really have enjoyed listening to it so much this week. Um, so I give this a 4.25. Wow, okay. And before we go with you, real uh, quick. Let's do Stefan. Let's okay. do Stefan. So Stefan Stefan's Stefan wrote a good review to, uh, for this one. His re- review is phenomenal. I, I want to make yeah. sure we give, yeah, it, I like that. give yeah. it the uh, time it deserves. Um, he said, I was pleasantly surprised to hear that, was a, that it was a rock song. I think all the instruments work really well together, and it's got a great beat. The volume of the synth could have been dialed down just a little bit. Kind of hurt my ears a little. Uh, I thought the lyrics were really good, and I think the clapping just added a little element of refinement to the song. All in all, I really like the sound of the song. It was smooth. It was clean. It was just fun to listen to. 
I'm going to give this song a 4.25. I would definitely put this on my playlist. That's, that was a very cool ranking. Very cool review. Here is Aaron Becker's review of Maybe Not. It's a post-Beatles upbeat pop rock with just a slight, very subtle touch of that country influence. Classic Ed Robertson B&L. Pretty sure I heard Page on harmonies. I'm thinking late Page era, so Bare Naked Ladies are me or are men. Interesting mix of synthesizer sounds with the guitars, mixing and creating a layered wall of sound effect. Very full. Well produced and mixed. It makes the occasional stops and uses of silence even more effective. I think those are my favorite parts, when the instruments drop out and Ed begins a vocal line and is rejoined by the instruments. Nice use of dynamics while still maintaining a loud presence. In a way, I sort of think of I, I think this is sort of like a bizarre Elliot Smith song. It's about a relationship which is having troubles, and the narrator or singer is anticipating a potential breakup. But it's upbeat, and even the name suggests maybe not. Speaking of Elliot Smith, there was one lyric in particular that made me think of him. The very first couplet. Pretty soon you'll be wanting me to go, and I will be the only enemy you know. Reminded me of the enemy is within, don't confuse me with him, from Elliot's song Stupidity Tries, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. The tone here is slightly different. Elliot is a desperate cry to remind is a desperate cry to remind this person that they are not the enemy. Whereas Ed is saying, if we break up afterwards, you'll only think of me of me as the enemy. It's more resigned. Perhaps coming from a more ambivalent place, which is a reoccurring theme in BNL relationship songs. It's not the most poignant or their, of their tunes, but there is some emotional honesty here, and it resonates. I found my sm myself smiling and nodding to the beat. Overall, Baby Not is a very enjoyable tune, and I rated a solid four Gokus out of five. Okay, I'm not drinking the Haterade. But I'm not as glowing, I guess we could say. Um, I do like this song a lot. There's a lot about the song I like. I do think I, I appreciate it because we talked about it. I, I think this is a Bare Naked Breakup song. Um, and I respect that. I love that when bands do that and they make it just discreet enough that you can still enjoy it. Um, there's lyrics in here I, I, I really like. I think there's musical elements I really like in this song. Um, this one's hard for me though. This is, it's kind of, I kind of went back and forth on it. And yeah, the, the, a lot of the musical choices I think are kind of jarring, um, which might be the stylistic choice that they wanted to make. Uh, it doesn't necessarily work for me. The, the synth at the beginning, which is kind of really repetitive through it. Um, <clears throat> the mixing of the harmonies, I, I, um, really threw me because you could hear Steve, but just the, maybe, maybe that's, maybe this is a heartbreak song for me because you, you could hear Steve, but just not enough. Like he's fading away. And uh, maybe that was the sign, like the 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 Steve Harms are fading, and he's walking off into the sunset. And that's, Ed uh, went into the into the editing room afterwards and, and slipped went, the guy some <laughs> slipped the guy some money. It's like just take him down, just really? down, just yeah. bring, bring him down a lot. Yeah, yeah, kind of muffle him up a little bit, you know. Don't make him sound great. Um, so yeah, so uh, I, I would it be on my playlist? Probably not. I don't think I, but I, I wouldn't turn it off. I I do like the song but I don't think I could go as high. I'm going to give this one a 3.3. 3. 
that's still respectable. So yeah. still respectable. Like I said, it's a good song. I love the song. It's just it doesn't. I don't think it, I don't think it hits for me quite as well as as it did for everyone else. It's just you know, um, all always good. You guys, are you guys Simpsons fans? Yes. Here's what I've been thinking about during this. Um, are you familiar with the episode, uh, The Principal and the Popper, where Seymour Skinner turns out he was a fake the whole time? Yes. What are you guys' <laughs> thoughts on that episode? Uh, it's been so long since I watched it, though. So that's that's a really divisive episode. And that's, that's a bad way to say that. 99% of people hate that episode. And it's always been one of my favorites <laughs> because it was absolutely not written for anyone aside from the 1% of Simpsons fans who were the absolute biggest fans who understood inside references, what was going on behind the scenes of the show at the time and stuff like that. And that's what this song is making me think of. It uh-huh. wasn't written for the fans. It was written for the band. <laughs> right. And that and that's a good point. That and makes that's sense. Like, in a lot of ways, that's next level art. It's, it's yeah. not even made for anyone, but for people to enjoy. I mean, I do people. like to go and read the YouTube con when, when we're doing a show. I don't, not to bias me, but just to get it, get the, cause, um, I mean, that doesn't work on me, but, um, I will read comments to see what the gamut of people think and where they are and everything. And I'll look on like, uh, uh, song meanings and see what people say. Um, you know, there's quite a few people that like this song and they don't come out and say they think it's what we have talked about today. Um, they think it's a relationship song and everything, but I definitely agree with you. I think this is this was a song. This was a cathartic song for the band. It was one they needed to put out there, right? Well, that makes sense to me. This is the double album, and it makes me think that had this been the single album, had they had they not decided to do the white album thing here, and and had decided that hey, yeah, we should have this cut down to a single album. My guess is that this would not have made it on it, not because it's not a great song, but because of what it really was about. And as you said, yeah. Josh, who it was really for, it wasn't for the fans. It was for themselves. Mm-hmm. You had you had the space to fill. You had the song that you needed to use. So now you could use that song that you had. Yeah. Although that being said, they did decide to go with "You Run Away" as the lead song on, on "All in Good Time." Yeah. So you know <laughs> they that was a confusing decide. time. That is true. That's a good point. <laughs> and it does. And "You Run Away" is the like the sequel to this song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that now that that makes that kind of drills. That's the point a very interesting there. way to look at it because yeah, Ed's like, "You should leave," and then he's like, "How could you leave?" <laughs> How would dare you do this you? to me just because I wrote but, that song about you? A break, a breakup is like that. Whether it's a relationship or a band or anything, I mean, I think you're still torn. Like, yeah, but we had a good thing. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but you know, you're sitting here, he's lying in bed at three in the morning, going, "Why did I give him away?" You, know? um, you actually so sure did those, it. You did it. <laughs> I didn't think you'd actually do it. This isn't my fault. This is everyone else's fault. Here's a song to prove it. <laughs> late night, late night phone calls. I love them so much. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that song. Kevin, Kevin, Jim, and Tyler come down in their stockings, you know, from their bunk beds, and they see, they see, they see Ed at the counter binging Sex in the City and eating ice cream and. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be good. 
Uh, mommy, speaking kids, of... go back to bed. <laughs> now, hang Don't on, see dude. mommy this way. I wanted to say something about this this double album, Army and Our Men. This was the album that they uh, they put it out on USB stick as well, right? Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the. It seems like it's this amazing forward thinking thing, but it's not because they're like, aren't they? The the songs are like such bad quality on the stick, aren't they? They're not great. Um, and like and thirty two megabytes. New technology. <laughs> oh, the technology was there. They just didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> I was trying to give them an out, but man. Oh, but this was uh, 2000, yeah, 2006, 2007. That was, they yeah. were there. I remember in 2006, 2007, I was buying and selling 128 megabyte USB sticks off of eBay. So mm-hmm. they were out yeah. there. They could have done better quality. They could, yeah. They thought they were cutting it. I mean, it was like when Billy Idol released that cyberpunk album that nobody remembers. When he did, when he did it, it was all like on floppy disk. It was like an album on floppy disk, with computer graphics, and I'm cutting edge. And you know, with a year later, he wasn't. <laughs> what the fuck's a floppy disk? <laughs> uh, it was was these square I, I things know. that we used. To, it's a save icon. <laughs> I do that all the time. We like we, I watch a lot of old horror movies with people, and they'll pick up the phone. I'm like, what's that weird coily thing hanging off? What's that? My That's interesting. Saying, it seems just restrictive. Last- that's My wife was saying though, the other day last... that when uh, kids okay. pretend to do telephone, they don't do it like that. They do oh, like a flat yeah, hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the <laughs> Well, that's... I, we were talking just last week about vinyl, and, like, uh, yeah, I think this song was... Or the, the set of songs was created for CD. And, like, albums that used to be created for vinyl this song was these songs were set up for cd and when they it was, weren't set up for vinyl <laughs> no <laughs> no um, but when they were put onto that medium something didn't translate something didn't mm-hmm. carry over for whatever reason yeah a phenomenon that more and more i'm realizing that yes that 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 i'm not that i feel like someone who's been in music all my life or enjoyed music i should have known that but yeah when you change the format of a song it really can screw up the you know the, the acoustics of it the sonic sound of it and uh yeah yeah it's like that's when you take for... it from a cd and try to shove it into a you know half a megabyte file and it, yeah, just, right. it sounds like yeah. shit yeah you're yeah i used to see that too because a lot of times i'll post songs on youtube i was telling the story last week like my producer did this song for me and works his ass off to make these songs and um one day i uploaded it to youtube and i went through the render process on the video because I put it in a video and then I put upload to YouTube and he messaged me. He's like, take my name off the song. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's not my song. And I think that was the first time I realized how all those little transitions can really mess with us. Mess with the, you know, with the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to give an appearance for this week. I have no way to transition to that from here. I was, I've been trying to find one, but there is none. Um, I do want to give an appearance this week. So in recognition of the upcoming, actually just starting Olympics, um, Tyler and the three-time Olympic gold medalist Megan Augusta were talking on Sportsnet on the show called In Conversation with Ron McLean. And it's an amazing half-hour interview 
um, where they actually talk with Tyler and Megan Acosta about some interactions the two of them have had in the past as well. Some actually pretty pretty great uh, interactions between them um, that may or may not be legal and, and should probably not be listened to by anyone that's in law enforcement. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I recommend I recommend people go out and listen to it as long as you're not in law enforcement. That's cutting edge. That sounds controversial. <laughs> sounds like jo- the kind of thing we're not going to think is controversial in a few years. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> true. Good call. Yeah. Josh, if people have enjoyed listening to you tonight like I have, where can people find more of your stuff? You can find us at jvjpodcast.com. We sporadically post the dozen episodes we have recorded and not edited uh <laughs> our last two episodes were about a month and a half apart and uh you can follow us on facebook where we will like like what we like to do is post like hey a new episode is going to come out tonight and then that posts the episode for four days so uh yeah <laughs> if if you like if you like me and think i'm funny just uh get prepared to wait <laughs> or at least go back and listen to all the old stuff right? you can you can also uh, check out my website portlandca.com that's where our, we have our my first podcast which was about the 2000s teen drama The O.C. Ooh. it's fantastic if you love The O.C. that was a show I never got into but mm-hmm. I also never started well, that's on you man yeah, that, that is on me. <laughs> if you uh, don't feel like watching it, but feel like listening to a podcast about every episode, check out Portland CA. That's how I get most of my format. Just listen to people talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us at barenakedladies.com. No, that's not right. Wow. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you guys pull that. That's a pretty big gift. <laughs> No, I, took pissed. a lot of money. We had a swoop in there Jeff, uh, during Jeff. during a state sale. What? I said barenakedabcs.com. I'm Yes, barenakedabcs.com. <laughs> yeah, that's where people can reach us. Why why are right. you giving me a hard time? I don't know, Tracy. Why am I giving you a hard time? I am I am very sure that I I said that correctly. Maybe you did. Well, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe you're right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'll find oh, out during the editing. But until oh. then, come back next week when we discuss Wait, the song. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on stop. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe you're right. <laughs> Get that one in there. Put that one in there. All right, I'll put that one Maybe in there. <laughs> Maybe you're right. One thing we didn't get to talk about tonight, and now that I've introduced what next week's song is, and Aaron's not here, so I can give this away. Um, it's really funny that this week's song was number nine on this album. But if you go back one CD to Bernie Maybe you're right. on Me, number nine on number nine on that one is Maybe on, You're Right. So they right, were actually yeah. having an argument with themselves between albums. It was just, Maybe You're Right, Maybe Not. Yeah. <laughs> It was this wonderful little mm-hmm. thing, like for like little Easter egg for the p- fans that were paying attention. It's for the one percent of fans who are paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I I would be that one percent. Yes, yes. <laughs> Josh, it's been a I've... lot of fun having you on tonight. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm glad we can finally work it out. I know we've been trying to plan this out for like uh, 
eight years now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and just the dates weren't lining up and you would keep showing up at my house asking me if I was ready. And it got a little weird, but I, I appreciate you putting the effort in. <laughs> I, I am completely sorry about that time with the shower. That, that was a little weird. Yeah, how did why would you bring a shower to my house? That made absolutely no sense. You know, I and to your credit, unlike the other seven, eight guests we've had on recently, you never did go the full PFA route, which no. I thought was really I mean, that's admirable. Like you you were you were accepting. You never called the police, you never, you know, got the restraining order. And I have um, to I have to explain myself. They tell Jeff knows better than to say things to me because he knows I'm very literal. And, and he told me to shower the people with gifts, and that I just thought that, dude, dude, I see what you did there. Dude. No, that's dude. the thing. I I know the difference between a stalker and just a fan. You know, I get it. See, I'm so glad. There's so few people that get it. It's basically curfews. <laughs> <laughs> Fans are like, yeah, I should go home now. Stalkers are like, I'm camping out. <laughs> You did camp out in my lawn though for three days. That's true. But I was. Ju- that's why I was scratching my head because I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's now that we brought that up. The shower was the very hand, useful. That's why we actually we lost about three weeks of of, of episodes because of that. But well, he did help me install new cameras on my house. So <laughs> nice of him. That was yeah, right. I got very good at that. Yeah. Hmm. Your gutters have never been cleaner either. To be f- look, honestly, you know, after a while, being stalked is just comforting because it feels like someone always has your back. Especially during, I mean, like in 2020, mm-hmm. just having someone nearby, yeah, was was nice. I mean, I mean, you were still six feet away, but just knowing they were always there. Oh, um, the magic of editing. It's kind do of. You guys f- your, do you guys edit your podcast, or do you just pretty much go and whatever? Someone edits it, edits it. <laughs> Very slowly. I think my brother does. All those bad jokes end up sounding better because I get rid of all the stuff that doesn't work. He gets, all the, he gets rid of all the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, listen to the podcast pack and I'm like, wow. Well, we did, we, we did for a couple of episodes, we added a laugh track. And <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but literally everyone else hated it. <laughs> for for three episodes I put backing music in because I, I thought that that was the, the going thing that would make that would make podcasts sound yeah, better. Yeah, I'm glad you got rid of that. Yeah, that, that lasted three episodes when I was I got some very interesting emails telling me I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's too much, I think, when there's constant stuff going on. Oh yeah. Um Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe one. So I get this email one time. I was like, hey, you want to come on this Bare Naked Ladies podcast? We're definitely not going to talk about stalkers and dead kids that cleaning shit off the curtains. <laughs> oh, we tell everyone that. <laughs> Who'd come on the show? <laughs> oh my goodness alright <laughs> so, so Josh how was the podcast last night I was alright we talked about about a divisive family 
and <laughs> stalkers and and curtain feces and dick rockets. <laughs> My wife's like, can you send me a link to that podcast? No. Nope. nope. <laughs> Absolutely no. not. Uh, no. No, my, my wife has gotten so used to it. She's always upstairs, and then eventually the door opens because the cats, you know, have to shit or something. I don't know. But the door opens, and so she gets to listen to my side of this whole thing, and it's, it's great fun for her every week. <laughs> I can only imagine what that must sound like. Yeah, well, like I'm no, sure. you have to listen to both sides about the dead kids. It doesn't. I, <laughs> my, honey, in my defense, I didn't say anything about the dead kids until just now. Uh, what about earlier when you talked about shoving all your dead stepkids into Bezos? Well, dick you know that was. Like, no, honey, you have to listen to both sides, or it doesn't make sense. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I don't. Doesn't I don't make usually, sense. I don't usually break into dead stepkids and rockets. I mean, it's not normal for me without being prompted. I need, I'm going to argue with you on that one. I need an assist. <laughs> I'm going to no-butt that one. No, no, no. I did do the Stormy Stormy Daniels joke a while back, mm. and that was completely unprompted. That was my favorite one. That's still my favorite one. I don't remember what it was, but that was like, so good. Oh, should I stop recording now? That Probably, yeah. This is. I mean, at this point, it's all evidence. <laughs> <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.